This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. All right, off we were off what we were just talking about, gentlemen. Rivalries, and we just went through teams that we hate, and Rami had a solid list of five teams that he hates. Thank you. I took great pride in it. I don't have Judd has nobody that he hates, and I don't know. I just kind of I appreciate great teams and what they do for sports, and they make it more interesting to follow and and have storylines and things like that. But I'm, I'm probably more with Judd in that I appreciate all things sports, and I don't have as much negative rooting interest. But let me let me pose this to you guys: of the five major pro teams in this town, so Vikings. Twins, Wild Timberwolves, and the multi-time champion Minnesota Lynx. I think there's only two true rivalries right now. I think the Lynx have one, and the Vikings have one. The Lynx have the Sparks, and even that, now that Waylon's retired, and Maya Moore, that news that came out, that Maya <laughs> Moore might not, might play not this even. season? Yeah. yeah, what's that all about? Time to tank, baby. So as the Lynx maybe ride the wave down and maybe have to Tank for a nice draft pick or something, maybe that. So, but as of right now, Sparks and Lynx is still one of the best rivalries. It's the best rivalry in the WNBA, and they're always on national TV. Yep. And the Vikings have the Packers. Yep. Kind of the Bears, but I don't. I don't. I wouldn't. I would list Bears, Packers, and Vikings, Packers, and and like Vikings Bears is a rivalry, but it's not, not on the level of Vikings really. Packers. I don't think the Twins have a true true rival right now. Yeah, the White Sox are a rivalry. But you know why? The, Nobody's good enough. Yeah, that's the problem. Somebody get good. Wild is is a little bit regional too. Blackhawks were a rival for the North Stars, but and and that's because the one thing you have to have, and the Lynx and Sparks do, is is outside of football. Certainly, you have to have playoff series. Hate is built through playoffs, and so if you are going out in the first round, or in, in the Twins' case, just not good for a prolonged period of time, where's the hate? going to come from you know they bring the brewers here every year you know the interleague series against the brewer i'm like okay whatever we'll all get drunk but that's about <laughs> it yeah, we're gonna, and brewers fans always wear brown cargo shorts and ryan brown jerseys with flip-flops yeah but there's no hate it. you need if somebody would get good for a prolonged period of time among the wild wolves or twins it changes but until then guess what you are not going to have anybody that you truly can sink your teeth into and say i hate that team yeah i mean what's it going to take to maybe maybe it's as simple as that that it is it, it it's it's in part that the minnesota teams aren't good enough but then if the minnesota teams get good enough you need some help regionally too, right? You need, if the Twins get good enough, you need the White Sox in your own division, a team that you face 19 times to fill in the regional aspect of it. Uh, a couple of people are tweeting into the show here, and you can tweet into just at Score North. We follow that throughout the show, S-K-O-R North. But it is timing, right? It's Two teams have to be really good, 
And it has to be regional unless it's playoffs. I'll give you the weird pl- one. Playoffs can mean it doesn't have to be regional. Wild Vancouver. For a while. Which which seemingly made no sense, right? But but they played in the playoffs, and, and they played a long series, and that is the key. Playoff series that go deep. But, yeah, I mean, but besides that, the Wild, if you look, the Wild, an expansion team in 2000, their biggest rival, without question, the Canucks. And that's a team in Western Canada. And the only reason why that became, or why, why there was hate developed there, was a long playoff series. Yeah. That's the only reason why. Yeah. Doesn't it have to be mutual in terms of, and I'm using the word hate very loosely here. I call it sports hate. I don't actually, I mean, other right. than maybe the Cardinals and their fans. I don't actually. <laughs> I was going to say, don't tell me that you don't hate the Cardinals fans because you do. I don't and, and act, their children, specifically their children. Specifically the children. <laughs> definitely the children. Awful, awful children. But I, I don't actually hate anybody in the world of sports who I don't actually know. So I'm, I'm, I'm throwing that term around loosely. But doesn't the Except hate. Except Tony LaRusso. But other than that. I hate him so much. But. <laughs> Does it? Does it? The good manager, hate, really good manager. Doesn't the sure hate have that. to be mutual amongst the fan bases? We got into a big thing when I was down in Milwaukee, and and Cole Hamels said some stuff that drew the ire of Brewers fans, saying that it wasn't Brewers Cubs is not a rivalry, and Brewers fans were pissed off that he would say it's not a rivalry. He thought they thought it was disrespect. That well, you must not think we're a good baseball team if you don't think we're a rival. And I agreed with Cole Hamels. How good you are in relation to how good my team is doesn't necessarily play into the hate or into the into the rivalry. For me, what makes a rivalry is two fan bases who genuinely dislike each other's franchises more than they dislike any other franchise. The reason Cubs and Cardinals is a rivalry is because, like me, most Cubs fans, there's nothing they hate more in the world of sports than the St. Louis Cardinals, and the feeling is mutual. Packers and Bears fans, it's the same thing. You, I, don't, I just don't think you have... There might be teams that Minnesota fans hate, but I don't know that you have the mutual hate that really brews up a rivalry, is there? Well, the yeah, the Yankees are the ultimate example of what you're talking about. And that if they're if if the Twins fans could pick a team that they hate the most, it's definitely the Yankees. But the Yankees don't think about the Twins yeah, they ever, the, right? They, the Yankees think about the Red Sox. The Yankees think about maybe the Dodgers and the National League. They don't. They think about uh, teams in their own. They don't think about the Twins. I think in baseball, hockey, basketball, especially, you you need two things. You need a long playoff series, and the other thing, and this in today's PC world is hard to get. You need a villain. You need so so if you if the Wild plays the Hawks right Patrick Kane's good Taze is good but they're not really bad guys so they come in and they're really really good and you're like okay they beat us and it hurts but it's done now you need somebody who's a bad guy you need the bad guy and and it's why and it makes no sense but it's why fans in this town to the day he retired for the most part hated Jeter because Jeter was the perceived bad guy so I think. In those sports, you, you got to go deep into a playoff series, and just as importantly, you got to have somebody that you come away saying, "I hate yeah. that player." So, from, from what Rami was saying about Packers and Bears, is is Vikings Packers not is is that is that I want to say a fake rivalry because that's a hot take, but if the Packers, the paper, I, I would call it a paper rivalry. But the Packers Bears is 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 more of a rivalry, you think, the than Bears, the Packers. Fight. The Bears were so bad for so long that I think Packers fans, on some level, for forgot about the rivalry and forgot how much they hated the Bears and the Vikings. Sort of took the crown, took the top spot as 
as their number one rival. But as soon as the Bears went back to being a good football team this year, they retook that spot and they took it with a lot more venom yep. than what people had for the Vikings. That that rivalry was instantly resparked and and the the bad blood so to speak as bad as it can get for reasonable sports fans the bad blood was right back i i think if you go to a packers vikings game here or there there there's a very good chance that you might have a fight or two but there's a better chance that a packers fan will say come over to the grill you know (laughs) the vikings stink but here's a beer right? right my perception of the packers bears was i'm going to try and kill you today I'm going to try and put your face on on this hot grill and pour a beer on your head, like they are. That that was. The, I'm going to take you to a taxidermist. The two yeah. the two years that I covered the Packers, the hate there was really strong. The Vikings were were good, and, and so it, it was fun. But Vikings and Packer fans, you might get a few fights, but it wasn't across the board. My perception of the Bears was let's fight. My old co-host Gary Ellerson back in Milwaukee played for the Packers back in the eighties um, when they were awful. Um, I remember he, those days. And he played for Forrest Gregg, and he told the story a number of times because it's such a good story. Why not repurpose it and keep using it for the purposes of radio entertainment? About Mike Ditka and Forrest Gregg literally going at each other physically, and their players and assistant coaches having to get in between and keep those guys apart. That's how ugly it had gotten between Packers and Bears in the 80s, and that was probably when it was at its worst, but I I, I think that's I think that's still there. But their head yeah. coaches were literally about to come to blows and tear each other apart limb from limb. That's too Actually, big right someone, someone chimes in. There's some really interesting uh, comments here on, on the just the score north. Twitter feed here at score north S K O R North. Let's see here. This is Aaron Hutch chimes in says, wait until Machado signs with the White Sox in terms of rivalries. That's a really interesting one because Manny Machado is really polarizing and villainous player. He's the guy who steps on the cleat of a first baseman and he's the AJ Pierzynski had those qualities too, where he would try to tear your Achilles tendon with his spikes, right? Or something. <laughs> so if, if the twins are on the rise and if the White Sox, both teams have just buckets of great young talent in the minor leagues and it's starting to spill over into the major leagues and they're both, but they're both trying to hone the edges. And it looks like Twins and White Sox are going to be taking over this division for the next five years or so. And if you put Manny Machado on top of that for the White Sox, and he's just a figure that you can't help but hate, I could see the White Sox-Twins rivalry rekindling after about Good. 10 years of dormancy. It'd be more fun. That this was, is boring right now. That was a a, a heated rivalry, was it not? Oh, yeah. At one point, White Torrey Sox Hunter, and Twins. Yeah, Torrey Hunter trucked one of their backup catchers one time about 10 or 15 was years ago. Was that 2006-ish? Ago. Somewhere in 2005 there. 2005 or six. yeah. Yeah, just like, like this poor catcher was waiting for a throw at home plate, and Torrey, it wasn't even really a bang-bang play, and Torrey Hunter ran through him like a Brock Lesnar spear. <laughs> And it, it was, was impressive. bad. Yeah. <laughs> I miss those days. Uh, 651-646-8255. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500. Matt in Robbinsdale. What's going on, Matt? Hey, guys. Love the new uh, programming. It's uh, much needed. Uh, Thank you. Thanks for listening. We, yeah, you bet. Uh, so I have an analogy that we, I, I'm from Minnesota. I'm a Vikings fan, and every year we vacation in Wisconsin. and I was at a bar last year, and uh one of the uh, Packers fans said that his analogy of the relationship between the Vikings, and, or I'm sorry, the, the Bears and the Packers versus the Packers and the Vikings was, is that 
Minnesota is like their brother that they love that kind of bugs them and kind of annoys them. And Chicago is their stepbrother that they hate that their dad married or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so that there's, from what I've heard, there's a lot more hatred between the Bears and the and the Packers than the than with the Vikings. Um, but yeah, thanks thanks for changing up the program, and guys, love the new the new layout, and it's far superior to what I was before. So yeah, Matt, thank appreciate you. It. We appreciate it, man. Just to add to Matt's comment, our guy Brian from the Star Tribune. Tweets in. He was born and raised in Wisconsin. Growing up, we hated the Bears and Vikings were were more of a nuisance, is how he would describe. That's it. probably fair. To Packer fans, yeah, I would agree. I I would actually agree with what that last caller said. That one is kind of a brotherly sort of rivalry, and the other one is is there's there's no love lost at all between those two franchises and the two fan bases yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, someone also chimes in with Sports the wild, great, though. I the, love it. The wild avalanche rivalry from the no, early 2000s. No, no, they didn't have a bad guy. That was no, 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 no. The 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 Canucks wild hatred started because of Bertuzzi, and and if you recall the story, he was walking by the ticket office, and people were lined up, and this, the series at the time was three one Vancouver, and Bertuzzi told the fans, "Don't bother, it's done." And of course, they came back and won. But it's a great the avalanche line. the Avalanche, they beat, but that was not, there was zero sports hate there. You didn't like them, but I'm talking about a team that you hate. I'm talking about a team that you are are willing to take your $11 beer in your hand and hurl it at somebody. That's more, that's a sports hate I'm talking about here. And the Avs Man, never had that type beer. of beer. Well, I'm gonna... personally not, but I'm talking about the fans who would do that. Imagine being like Cardinal fans. a Lions fan. Like the, the Lions have never had a rival, right? The Lions have, it, it, going. did they have a rival in the 40s or the 50s? The Lions have never had a rival. I'm old, Phil. I'm not that old. <laughs> I can't help you on that, okay? We have a tweet from Brandon. He says, I grew up in the UP in the 90s. I always said I hated the Vikings, pitied the Bears, and laughed at the Lions. <laughs> I think that's about. I think that about sums up the NFC North. Accurate. <laughs> Mackie and Judd with Rami from the TCL Broadcast Studios. And when we come back, we're bringing back. We, it was so much fun the first time around. We've got a Fight Me segment on the other side of this. All right, let's take a real quick look at the traffic around the Twin Cities. There's no accidents or anything to report, just a lot of slow-moving vehicles right now as everybody's heading home for the night. That's it. Keep it short. It's all yours. <laughs> no, no animals out on the roads? <laughs> no animals today, unfortunately. Okay. We still haven't figured out what it was. I think the consensus in the room was it was a rhinoceros. Oh. Where was it? Uh, I don't even remember at this point. Roseville, maybe? No, oh, there's yesterday. rhinos all over the place. Yeah, of yeah. course. It's, Seriously. It's the home of all the rhinos in Minnesota. Roseville, who cares? <laughs> East side, I don't care. <laughs> West side, don't bleep with me. East side, I don't care. We're relaunching the whole station. You can't alienate a whole side of the town, Judd. Oh, Come just on, wait. <laughs> you clearly never met Judd. Oh, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> a- alienate? It's my middle name. Judd alienates all again. Uh, Mackie and Judd with Rami. We'll wrap with Roycey a little bit later on. We have a Fight Me segment to get to here shortly, but hey, it's Lindsey Brown from Judd's Hockey Podcast. What's going on, Lindsey? Why, why, hello, gentlemen. Hi, Lindsey. How are we today? We are well. We are well. You think Judd's wrong. I'm great. Uh, Shocking. Shocking, especially with that east side, you know, just complete brush over. I do not appreciate that as an east sider, so there's another strike against Judd. Okay. But... Judd, I think you're 100% wrong on your take on the rivalry with the Wild. I think that the real rivalry is with the Avs rather than the Canucks. Okay, why? This is why. 
because what you can only have a true rivalry when both sides hate each other, correct? You can't be a one-way street. This isn't some weird relationship or you on Netflix, that weird series that just came out. And the only time the Wild have been relevant was in 2003 when they were playing the Avalanche when they beat them in that seven-game series, sure. correct? Sure, yes. And the Canucks don't care about us because the Canucks don't have a rivalry with anyone because they're just that weird. They're like Canada, but not really, right? Oh, now yes, now yes. No, no. Yeah. I'm saying I'm saying the only time that the Wild had one in their history was the Canucks around that time. I'm sorry, not now. But don't you don't you think the Canucks would rather say that they had a rivalry with the Abs over us, though, considering that you know just the whole Todd Bertuzzi incident? Maybe, but I just I, the only team that I've ever perceived that the fan base here since the Wild started in 2000 has truly hated was the Canucks. I just the the Avs were the bad guys and the Wild slayed them, but I never sensed a true back and forth hatred there. Oh, see, I disagree, but that's just me. But I feel like guys, this is a this is a big trade this should be flushed out. Big trade, Lens. Big yeah, trade. Just a just just a slight little trade that hasn't been talked about uh, for years. It's crazy that it actually just like happened today. Weird timing on all fronts on the Minnesota sports team these last couple of weeks. Yeah, and you know, one of the first big moments of the the Mackie and Judd first year of of our show yeah, was. Goal. I predicted, <laughs> I correctly predicted oh. that Nino Niederreiter would score in overtime, like before the game. Like this is we making predictions. I said overtime, seven. Nino game seven winner. I was, and here I for became it. the hockey whisperer on this show. No, Much to judge. We, I always knew you had it in you, Phil. Yeah. You're a real hockey guy at heart. That's what we always have known, and I'm glad that you're finally seeing the light. Just trying to hide it. Bye, right, Lindsay. Bye, Lindsay. Yeah. All right, have a good one, boys. All right, that's uh, Lindsey Brown is part of Judd's weekly Judd's uh, Hockey Podcast, which you can find on scorenorth.com, S-K-O-R-North.com. And we also have created a new podcast feed for people to subscribe to. It's going to have Judd Lunani and uh, Judd's Hockey Show or Hockey Podcast. I keep screwing it up. Close enough. But you can subscribe to Score North Hockey anywhere you would find That sounds like a whole podcast right there, what you guys were just talking about. It could hash out the whole rivalry situation with the Wild. You never know. An unpopular opinion, a spicy take. Someone on the Mackie and Judd show is simply saying, fight me. Fight. Fight. All right, we need some setup here. I'm excited. This is my first fight. (laughs) My first fight here on Mackie and Judd. Touch gloves. Touch gloves. gloves. There we go. Retreat back to your corner. Now we're ready, gentlemen. So yesterday, mouth guard in right now. Yesterday on the jump, Scottie Pippen and Tracy McGrady. We're talking about young Zion Williamson from the uh, Duke Blue Devils. The unanimous number one pick in this year's NBA draft. Right? I don't think there's any doubt about who is going to go number one in this year's NBA draft. And uh, Scottie had a outside the box idea for young Zion Williamson and Tracy McGrady jumped right on with it. I, I think he's locked up the biggest shoe deal. I think he's <laughs> definitely going to be the number one pick. I mean, I, I think he's done enough for basketball, college basketball that it's, it's, it's more about him personal, personally now. And I think for him as a young player that I would shut it down. Now let me, let me you, would, you would stop playing. Let me I ask would, you this though, I would, Scotty. I would stop playing because I, I feel that he could risk a major injury that could really hurt his career. He has sealed up the number one. This is a good question for you. Yeah. He sealed up the, the number one pick in the draft because he's the best player or because he's the most exciting player and he has the machine behind him pumping him 
every night. I think it's a lot of both. You think he's the best player in the draft? Yes. Really? I, I he's not the best player on the team. Ooh. You don't think so? I don't think he's the best player on the team. Who do you think the I number think, one pick I, should I go think, to? You like R.J. Barrett? I think R.J. Barrett hmm. is but a better player. Okay. I, but I if think, you were picking number one, you would pick R.J.? No, 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 no. Oh. No, no. What is he saying? It's about putting, you know, filling the seats. <laughs> Zion Williamson is more exciting. He will fill the seats, but a better player. What do you think of Scotty's point? If it were you who did not go to college, uh, uh, would you stop playing right now? I think filling the seats. Football players are doing it. Yeah. Why All not? Right. Is that, I think we got, we got the, the gist of it. Game. Okay. So go ahead. So they're saying Zion Williamson should sit out the rest of this year, shut it down, yep. and get ready for this year's NBA draft because he's already proven himself to be the number one pick, he's going to get the biggest contract, he's going to get the biggest shoe contract, and I 100% agree with Scottie Pippen and Tracy McGrady. Fight me. So have you guys ever seen videos on YouTube for, for Team Mixed Martial Arts? No. Where That's it's a, a thing? It's a group of, it's five-on-five five mixed martial arts. What? And basically as soon as the first guy taps and it becomes five-on-four, it's really hard to come back sure. because now it's just two on one and yeah. then it's three on one. Sure. Yeah. So I agree with Rami. That's Theref- a real thing. Therefore, if you want to bring a two on one fight, I'm on, I'm in Rami's you know corner on this. I would also do that. I would stop playing right now if I were Zion. It's group hug time. <laughs> it's a, it's going to be a group hug because I'm with both you. You guys, and wow. in fact, you guys are disappointing fact, me. Wow. No, no, no. Nobody's wow. going to fight me. But here's the thing, Jonathan. You want to fight me? Anybody want to fight me? No, I, I completely agree. I love it. Safety. <laughs> Damn it. But, you, but you guys are all right. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Fight me. Here's the thing. Fight me. But here's the thing. We need more top level players to peace out on their sport because this is the only way that we are start. We're going to finally swing this thing to start getting players compensated somehow. We need what we need is the threat of major college sports being vitally hurt, like a huge blow. And if all the top players are like, you know what? Unless I get something, I'm done. I think that this is the exact way to go in basketball, in football. I think until college sports, which are a professional sport, it's they're they're professional sports. There's no question about it. Semi pro at least. Yeah, well, but I think they're pro sports. Mm -hmm. But anyway, until they are dealt the 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 death knell. Of the best players saying, all these B-level guys can play, but I'm not. They're not going to take it seriously. So I will not only not fight you, I agree. And I would actually like to see guys in (laughs) basketball and football start to do this. I I thought somebody in the room would disagree with you. I really did, too. Sorry, I was like, this is controversial. People will disagree with me. For me, it's just as simple as this, Judd. I don't know... Even if they did what you just talked about doing, if that would change my way of looking at things, because they're never going to pay Zion Williamson what he could make on the next level. That's never going to happen. And for me, if there is, and let's be real, a lot of these guys are getting paid in college already, but if there is a bigger, better payday and a bigger, better deal out there for them in the NBA, even if the NCAA decides to compensate these guys, I would say... Turn in that check, stop collecting it for the rest of the year, and get yourself ready for the big check. Because put aside sports for one second. Why do we go to college? 
Why do we go to college? To eventually, to, well, to, that, to, to learn enough to have skill sets to make money doing something professionally. Exactly. Right? That depends. <laughs> Some of us might have quit after about, let's say, six months. I don't want to name names in the room. But the yeah, reason, but, but you, you quit so that you could go get a job and, right, right you went and got yeah, a job. It wasn't like you sat around for, yeah. yeah, you were like Zion, you were I like the pro. Zion Williamson. You were of, one of the, and done. Yeah. I just went pro. Minnesota sports <laughs> I went pro. Right, I said, exactly. I'm done with you people. You went pro. And that's, did you work for the student newspaper at all? I tried, but it didn't last long. Okay, so you were like a one-semester guy, and then you, yeah, you were one and done. And that's exactly what you should have done. You go to college to get a job when you boil it down to to its simplest form. You go to college to get a job and to position yourself better to get the best job you can get. Zion Williamson's done that. It's done. It's over. He's done it. There's nothing he can do to improve on his stock, to increase that payday. He can't do anything but hurt himself some way, somehow, from here on out. Why would you continue playing? Yeah, why? So, so one more one more piece, since we're all like flushing out our logic on why we're not going to take Rami up on this fight here. I'm really I'm disappointed no in you guys. You. I'm really disappointed Sorry. in you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so he loves playing basketball, Zion. He loves playing basketball. He wants to make a lot of money playing basketball. Okay. If he stopped playing, what would he lose? If he stopped playing for Duke right now, would he he would probably still be the number one overall pick. Maybe the consequence would be okay, he drops to three because oh, we're not sure. Is he committed? Is he really But this probably this? not. Probably not. But even if he drops to three, is it worth Tearing your ACL against some directional school, a 16 seed in the first round of the tournament. If he stops playing now, he can go ahead and sign a shoe deal and start getting paid now. Tomorrow, yeah, yeah. correct. So why would he keep playing? And I, I he don't, can't make money. Keep playing. I continuing to play. I don't think it would hurt his stock. And Exhibit A that I would present to the jury is our our mock draft we did earlier. And I want to mock who is the number one pick in in every mock draft that we read, and that you'll assume is the number one pick, and or at least the top two pick. In mock drafts Bosa. we read going forward, Bosa, who did exactly what we're talking about. He said, look, I've had some injuries. I'm just going to shut it down and not play this year. Yeah. And it hasn't hurt his draft stock at all. So not one bit. Is there any reason then? Now, football, I, I get it. It's a, it's a size issue. You're not going to see a senior in high school, especially a, a defensive end or, uh, or an interior you know, defensive tackle, for instance. You just you have to be 21 or 22 years old size-wise and physically mm-hmm. to go play in the NFL. But if you're a stud high school basketball player and this one-and-done rule, let's say it continues forward. I think they're going to get rid of it in the next couple of years. I think we're going to go back to if you're 18, you want to come play. Or we're going to have or, – or you'll jump to the, to the G a League. league. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, the G League will be set up so that you can just go play in the G League. But is there really any reason if you can get paid through endorsements or otherwise, if you can get paid to play basketball when you're 18 or 19 years old and the other – side of the fences, or you can go play for Mike Krzyzewski. Like you might be able to get a couple bucks under the table, but not as much as if you were to just have a shoe deal right now. What's the incentive period? Like what's if, if we're talking about Zion Williams, that he should just stop playing right now. Why should, why would he even have entered the season to begin with? Are we, are we to that point? Because I don't know that people were necessarily 100% sold that this is the best college basketball player in the country. Who's going to be in the draft. But I think we've seen enough now that, it's pretty solidly decided amongst most that he's going to go number one. Don't I, you think? I also think that we are just starting to explore and go down the path of guys doing this. Like, it it started in college football, what, last year with, with bowl games? Which is, by the way, a 1,000% the right call. 
But I think up until then, there was this weird, oh, man, if he's quitting on his college team, he might quit, which is ridiculous. But I think we're just starting now to go down the path of, why are you playing still? And so because when when it started in college football at first, it, it was seen as sort of this weird, should we question the kid for doing it? And now it's like, oh, of course. So more and more, if if you are forced to go to college, I do think that we will see eventually a guy say, I'm done in, in January. Yeah, there's also so much, because I, I know that there's people who are probably listening at home or in their cars or whatever it is. And they're saying, well, where's the loyalty and what happened to just like sticking it out with your teammates and playing in this? And let me give you an example. This is a little bit apples to oranges, but this story about uh, of of the uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, the backup quarterback for Alabama, he transfers to Oklahoma. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't the Oklahoma, one of the Oklahoma backups to Kyler Murray attempt to transfer and Oklahoma shut it down? Yep. So think about how hypocritical college sports are. Just across all different platforms. They'll gladly accept a stud quarterback coming in to transfer to their program, but they won't let someone leave because hypocrisy. They'll gladly accept coaches being able to say peace out when under contract to the school that they're being paid maybe $3 million with to go take a $5 million job with another school, but I have to sit out a year if I'm a player. So anything that involves college athletes taking back some power I'm all for it. Uh, yes. 100%. And I guess the devil's advocate side of this thing. Now I'm fighting myself. The devil's advocate <laughs> side of this fight thing. Me. Is, okay, Robbie, fight Robbie. <laughs> this morning they were talking about this story on on, uh, on Levitard, and Stan Van Gundy was in on the show, and they were talking about you know comparing it to college football players doing the same thing. And Van Gundy, which I thought was, was, was a solid point on the other side of this argument, that when guys do it in college football, Bosa being the exception, it's usually when they're already out of contention for an actual championship. They're going to some meaningless bowl game, and a guy who knows he's going to be a top 15 pick in the draft isn't going to risk his his well-being and his future to go play in uh, in the Alamo Bowl to make Alamo Rent-A-Car more money and, and everybody in the NCAA more money. Whereas when you're talking about college basketball, Duke still has a good shot, probably the best shot, at winning a national championship, and this guy is walking out on his teammates with that right there on the horizon. Does does that do anything for you guys well, to sway you? Not I, for me, no, no, because I still come back to this is pro sports, and, and the players who are on TV, who fans go, go to watch, don't get compensated. So until they get something back, I have no problem with them saying I'm done. Zero. I would also add to that, Duke wasn't his first choice. And I'm not talking about his college list. His first choice when he was 18 years old was to go play in the NBA. But he can't. So he settled on an alternative as a means to get to his first choice, which is the NBA. And if if going to plan B for two months or three months, when, when did they start the season? On November 5th or something? So mm-hmm. for, for two months, then... Uh, you know, mission accomplished here. 651-646-8255. No one fought me. you. Nobody wanted to fight me. Kind of shocked by that. Uh, Sean, do you want to fight Rami? No, no, absolutely not. I'm afraid <laughs> Damn it, Sean. Come on, Sean. Sean He's a scary a, guy. Sean, take a swing. Come on. <laughs> Rami's a scary guy. Don't do it, Sean. I'll give you the first He's shot. He's got billions of dollars. I'd be afraid of yeah, him. Yeah, exactly right. He's on watch list. I know my, people. My, my question is, you know, these college guys leaving, are they allowed to get insurance policies? Like, instead of 
leaving early or no? I don't know what the legalities on that are. That's yes, they, they can. Okay, because yeah, I can. remember uh, Johnny Manziel have a. I think Johnny yeah, Manziel there have been have a few. One. Lebron, Lebron's mom Actually, got an insurance yeah. policy for Lebron while he was still in high school because uh, they were sure that he was going to be the number one pick in the draft or somewhere close to that. But still, I mean, okay, that's no great. insurance policy is going to pay you what you would actually exactly. make. There is no, there isn't an insurance policy in the world that would have reimbursed LeBron just, for a lost career had he blown out his knee before he ever got to the NBA. I find it to be so despicable, though, that, that these adults in the the room guilt these kids and then go and cut deals with you know TV shoe co- companies. It's like, all right, then give the kids a piece of that pie, yeah. right? Uh, David in Minneapolis, you're on with Mackie and Judd with Rami. Yeah, good afternoon. I was just going to say I agree with you about the hypocrisy in college sports, um, both how coaches can just flee whenever they want and then the students not being paid. Um, But I would wonder what this would look like if, for instance, uh, Carl Anthony Towns is in the the last, you know, half year or last few months of his contract, his rookie contract, and he's going to go into free agency and all of a sudden he decides to have a mysterious toe injury or something and because he wants to shut it down to preserve his body for the upcoming big contract he's going to get with someone else. So I think so it's a it's a good question. I think the huge 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 difference is if you sit out college because you want to play in the NBA, no NBA team will look at you and say, "Oh, I don't know." Like they're still going to draft you number 1 overall. If you're so selfish in the NBA, making millions of dollars that you say, ah, my contract's coming up. I'm going to sit out the last two months. Yeah. A bunch of teams are going to look at you and say, well, then we're not going to pay you the next contract because then what? You're just going to sit out again and bail on us? <laughs> so doing that would actually cost you, I mean, you might still get a max because you're Carl Anthony Towns. So it's an interesting scenario, but it's probably not. Let's take. I had never considered that before. I had never thought about a player doing that before who's coming to the end of a contract oh, and sure has nothing done. left to play for. I'm sure it's been done a few times. I'm sure, yeah. Uh, John in Cottage Grove. Go ahead. You want to fight Rami? Uh, someone's got to. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't going to be me, John. <laughs> uh, so I'll preface this. If it's not the strongest argument, I'll preface this by saying, originally I'm actually with you guys on this. I agree with this. College guys got to get their own. Uh, but I do think that uh, <laughs> basketball does need to put itself into a different category. It's one thing in football, you know, there's a bunch of guys on the field and, and things like that. Team chemistry isn't as big of a deal as it is in basketball. And, and I don't know if I'm on the court with someone who seems to be pretty selfish, who, you know, dropped out or, or you know, quit playing in college because he wanted to get paid or something else like that. Uh, I got a question how much he's going to back me up. Uh, as a teammate on the floor, too. Uh, I think about you know Kyrie apologizing to LeBron, uh, saying he didn't understand how much it took to lead a team of young guys. You know, in basketball, that team chemistry matters so much more. And so, while I do think college players should be getting some compensation, and I'm sure that it's already happening, you got to say, uh, I, I, I as a teammate might question his commitment. That would be the pushback that I would have is how much he wants to be committed as a teammate, not just as an individual looking to make money. John, thank you for the phone call, man. And my response to that would be the guy is committing himself to being a professional. If I'm if I'm his teammate at the next level, wherever it is that he gets drafted, I'm looking at it and going, this guy was committed to being a, a professional basketball player before he was ever a professional basketball player. I respect that. I look at that and go, there that's a guy who's dedicated. That's a guy who's already turned the page 
to that next phase of his career and is ready to 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 dedicate himself to that. Yeah. And plus, th- this whole thing has to change. Like, we can't keep going down right. this path of it's amateur athletics and these kids should do this and that. This thing has to change, and the only way it's going to change is if your top players start to say, you know what, I ain't playing for free anymore. Yeah. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500. We are Minnesota sports anytime, anywhere. We are truly anytime, anywhere. Minnesota sports conversations, written form, audio form, video form. You can find all of it on scorenorth.com, S-K-O-R-North.com. We wrap with Royce from the TCL Broadcast Studios next. All right, before we get to Royce, we got a traffic update brought to you by the Leukemia Lymphoma Society's Big Climb. We got a bunch of crashes around the area. I'll highlight two right now. 94 westbound in Minneapolis. There's a nine-minute delay eastbound. Six-minute delay westbound between 35W and 65. That's over in Minneapolis. 94 eastbound in St. Paul. There's a three-minute delay eastbound, two-minute delay westbound between Dale Street and Kellogg Boulevard. Climb 53 or 105 floors of the Capella Tower in downtown Minneapolis on February 16th for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society's 2019 Big Climb Minneapolis. You can help fight blood cancer and join Team Mackey for only $15. Join us at scorenorth.com, keyword climb, now. Thank you, sir. TCL Broadcast Studios, all new Score North 1500. Now time to wrap with Royce and Patrick. Paul Fenton, the tweaks have begun. Nino gone. Nino traded today. Yes, you and I were talking about uh, on the uh, recent podcast about how the guy's done nothing. He got rid of Nino for a guy with one goal. Yes. The guy had had some uh, success in the past, but what, he's been hurt this year or something? Yeah, he sliced his hand in September and had to undergo surgery. He sliced it while preparing a meal in the kitchen, so he might not be the most coordinated hockey player (laughs) of all time. What is his reputation? Um, well, I was just young. He's like kid, right? Yeah. He's like, like he's 20, he's 25. Uh, I guess he can't skate that, that well. I think the good thing is he oh, might good. stink, which is not bad because it's time to tank Patrick. <laughs> what was the name of the guy we got? That was the defenseman we got from Calgary or Edmonton that was going to win the cup for us and he couldn't skate. What was that guy's name? Cam. Oh, that was the guy Cam, from but... Chicago. Barker, right? Uh, they sent him to the Oilers. Barker. They got him from Chicago. Yeah, he couldn't yeah, skate. He skated, skated like me on Folded Lake, for God's sakes. And they, uh, yeah. they made a big trade for him. I'm glad to see Nino go because I could never, never spell his name. He got the one R and the two T's, and it was the most screwed up name of all time. So Two R's. No, I, I really <laughs> thought R's, he Pat. was going to be a – I thought he was going to be uh Yeah, two R's, one T. Yes. I thought he was going to be a hell of a player, and it didn't quite work out that way. I think it was actually going pretty well until he got hurt for the first time in his life last year, and he hasn't been worth a damn since then. Yeah, Pat, we were uh, we were talking earlier about. I, I told these guys of the five pro teams in town. So Lynx, Wild. Uh, they started off with a wild discussion, I think, but Lynx, Wild, Vikings, Twins, and Timberwolves. I think there's only two real rivals right now, and one of them might even be on the way down. Lynx and Sparks. I think the Sparks have been a true rival, and I think I think the Vikings have the Packers. If Maya Moore doesn't play, I can yeah. tell you it's going down. Yeah, so maybe take that one off the board. <laughs> yeah. the, the But like the Twins, I, you know, if the White Sox and the Twins they both get good a, again. Twins, the best rivalry the Twins ever had was uh, from the mid-'80s to the early-'90s uh, with uh, Oakland. That was probably the best they had when it was a when it was just the West, not the Central. They've never really had a 
uh, hardcore rival. Baseball, it just comes and goes, you know. So, Patrick. Nothing. Patrick Raul but, here. Um, I had a question for you. Yeah, but Sid, so what other rivalry was do you? What was you? Packers Vikings is your only one. The Gophers Wisconsin and everything. Well, we was, yeah, yeah we so didn't we didn't throw them in. Though. We didn't do college. No, just especially when you, when you just win the axe for the first time in like <laughs> some students' lifetimes. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it's too bad our boys get so terrified when they get the Champagne Illinois. What's more? What's is it more of a triumph to win twice at Wisconsin or to get humiliated twice at Illinois against the bottom feeders? I think you know the answer without having to ask the question. Well, that's pretty well a tie, I guess. So. I have a got the axe. I have yeah, a question. No, I have a question along those same go lines, ahead. actually, Pat. Oh, okay. Um, what, what's what's more humiliating? What happened to the Gophers last night, or what happened to the the uh, the Wolves in Philadelphia on Tuesday? Yeah, I was thinking about that same thing. I, I guess because it's one of uh, twenty Big Ten games, and it was this was part of a pre-stretch of the of the uh, conference play that you thought that uh, Phil and I were talking about them what being six and one or something a week ago. I don't and, remember uh, that conversation actually. Yeah, uh, ten, I think that was all you ten days ago. But to go down there and get absolutely humiliated by a bad Illinois team, I probably worse. I don't know. It's a tie. Because I think it's probably more embarrassing what happened to the uh, Timberwolves because they were afraid of Jimmy Butler. They were, I mean, it's obviously they were terrified that he might get mad at them if, and, and do something to them if, if, if they did anything to contest con- contest him. But uh, I don't know. It's, it's pretty well a tie. Then you throw in the Wild giving up seven goals in Philly on Monday. You're uh, you're 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 in some uh, pretty embarrassing territory. Oh, five day stretch, week. Pat, was brutal. Yeah. It's a five-day stretch of complete futility. It's been an embarrassment. Yes. That, luckily, we got Wayland's number 23-ranked basketball team to uh, make us feel good. I, ho- I hope they, they're still in the top 25 many, after like, three oh, more losses. They've as many as 10 <laughs> points in some quarters here. <laughs> Badgers uh, tonight yeah. in Madison, Pat. They, Wisconsin's not traditionally much in women's basketball. Not that I give a damn. What do I care? You know, I don't care. Maya is the biggest story in town. Well, Nino getting traded, obviously, but Maya, what's what's it sound like? She she's not happy that they put the uh, franchise tag on her. They didn't have any choice, but you know, if she wants to leave, you got to let her leave, don't you? Well, Judd has a conspiracy theory, actually. I think no. Okay. You know who it was? It was Manny. It was going to say I don't have a conspiracy no, theory was Manny, about Maya Moore. Here's Manny's conspiracy theory from earlier about her that this is a Cheryl Reeve Maya Moore ruse. To tank one season, much like when when David Robinson was out for the Spurs, to get as close to the number one overall pick as you can to reload and put another great young player along with Maya Moore and Sylvia Fowles. Either that or she can't stand playing for Cheryl anymore. That's that's the other option, too, but I guess we don't want to raise that one. I I don't know. Is that sourced speculation or reckless speculation? Oh, that's completely reckless speculation. (laughs) But uh, here's the deal. I, I think that I've always been surprised that she wanted to stay in this market, right, this quiet market, live this quiet life, rather than uh, even though it's the WNBA, if she went to New York or in L.A., you'd see her in ads, you'd see her, in, you know, she's such a glamorous uh, uh, superstar player. She could have, uh, you know, made herself a fashionista if she'd played somewhere else. And uh, the fact that she stayed here and lived this quiet life always kind of surprised me. 
And uh, maybe she just, as the end is getting near, she wants to get a little higher profile on a national basis. I don't know. I kind of like Manny's theory better, Pat. About the tanking? I think they're tanking to get a really good pick. Yeah. I, uh, well, what difference does it make? Reeves going to be coaching the Timberwolves anyway. Pat, right now, just throwing out. Oh, he's he's going off what he's reading. It's all the rage. Zuan wrote that. Michael Rand wrote that. It's, Your paper. It's a big movement to get her because, uh, you know, she managed to win four titles with LeBron James on her team. She's a hell of a coach in a, in a, in a 12-team league. She's a... You know, she'd just be a fantastic trailblazer to be a w- NBA coach. Hey, she toughen them up. Listen, she'd I get them oh, tougher. I think. Well, I know you're. I know you've got a fishing line in the water, so I'm not going to take the bait. I like Cheryl Reeve, but <laughs> but if you're gonna if you're gonna break that barrier, don't you look to the San Antonio Spurs yes. bench? You, like, yes. Becky Hammond is probably first in line there. I would yes, think. Yes, because she's learned the NBA. But I I tried that. I that's what I said last week when somebody kept harassing me to ask me about Reeve. On Twitter, and I didn't want to just badmouth it, but he finally, you know, wouldn't let me alone. So I said, "Well, if you're going to do that, you got to go to Becky Hammond, who's been trained by Pop, for God's sake." And uh, you know, uh, Reeve has been trained by uh, Roger Griffith. <laughs> Whatever, who was the name of what was Taylor's son-in-law that ran that? Rob team? Moore. <laughs> Rob Moore yeah. was the son-in-law. Griffith was the yeah, Lynx president was for a long time. Yeah. The, uh, he was the uh, Wolves. Timberwolves son yeah. in law. I think Roger Griffith was the Lynx. Uh, but uh, yeah, I th- I'd go with the pop protege myself. Anyway, it's stupid to even talk about it. It's, uh, you know. Well, you did bring Glenn, it up. Glenn is, Glenn is <laughs> we didn't bring up it up. You want. Len has screwed up a few one-car parades, but he's not going to do that for uh, goodness sake. That's your boss. Be careful. Well, you know, that's a, that's a kind way of saying what I wanted to say. <laughs> that was You're also like a couple thousand miles away. It's, you don't have to yeah. walk into the office tomorrow. Glenn could fly to down very, there tonight. Uh, fine, uh, very fine day down here today, guys. Lots of uh, lots of sunshine. The sparkling night. I uh, hear it's going to get a little uh, chilly up there this weekend. Huh? Uh, it's always. I mean, yeah, it's <laughs> it's always chilly here compared to where you're at right now. Well, well, it was. Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I was over at the yard today. They got. Uh, we got 25, 30 youth around there. They got some kind of a pitching seminar going on for about the next month, and they got a pretty active place. Yeah, the, the Dan Hayes from the Athletic had a story that uh, they've kind of they've ditched some of their instructional league stuff in the fall, so they can be fresher for uh, for the January February ramp up. Yeah, they, yeah, they didn't uh, really. Uh, yeah, the, the the instructional league now they don't play games anymore. They play three, four games, but it's all. You know, just breaking out and teaching guys in the morning. Not, not like it. Not like it used to be. And it's not as big, and it doesn't last as long. And I think they're, you know, they're doing it. Uh, they're down here right now. Uh, they got some kind of a five-week pitching seminar with various people. Trouble with those is though, Phil. There's only so many bullets. You can't have these guys warm up every day. You know, you can't. You can't have pitchers throw. 3,000 pitches uh, in January and February or 4,000 pitches. You, it's not like taking batting practice. Pitching, you, you cannot uh, wear these guys out every day trying to teach them new pitches and stuff. So it's it's got to be, I, I don't know, it's got to be muscular and stuff like that. It's, it's you know, maybe a lot of watching video and stuff. I don't know. But yeah. you, can't, you can't just have them throwing time and time again. 
Yeah. Well, we can uh, let's. We're excited to talk more baseball with you now that we're we're getting closer. We got to run for today, Pat, but we'll catch up after again tomorrow. Last night, after the last two basketball games, you should be excited to yeah. talk about baseball. I know. Uh, talk about anything. All right. See you, Pat. See you, Royce. Right. Bye, Raul. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so many R names. I figured if he didn't want to keep the joke going, I'd I'd pick it up. I'd, I'd take that baton and run with it. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Raul, Find us on demand. Yeah, Raul, Randy, Raymond, Ra- score North. No, you can't be Randy. On 1500. <laughs>